0: The next scene, taking on pop culture one scene at a time. Scrooge by the Ghost now, home alone for the holidays later. Next Scene Pod on social media, and nextscenepod.com on the web. Welcome to Scrooge by the Ghost the podcast where we haunt the 1988 holiday classic Scrooged, one horrifying specter at a time. I'm your host, Sean German, and joining us tonight are special guests from the Minute Impossible podcast, Jonathan Howell and Chris Ramirez.
1: Hogan's. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, how's it going?
0: Fantastic. Thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by, guys. Oh,
2: thank you for having us.
0: Uh co-host Pete Mummer couldn't join us, but he did send along a special holiday greeting that we'll play at the end of the show. Oh, so, nice. Uh, so stick oh, around nice. for that. A little special message from, from Pete. Thanks, Pete.
2: Uh, That's thanks, awesome Pete. of him. Yeah.
0: Um, but so the folks that actually bothered to show up
1: yeah. uh, are, are <laughs> yes. here to talk about...
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Pete. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're here to talk about the, the, the first part, the opening section of uh, this wonderful movie, Scrooged. And uh, so we start off with, we start with three promos for Christ, Christmas specials that are airing on the IBC network, and that's leading up to a promo for the live presentation of Charles Dickens Scrooge on Christmas Eve. Uh, the youngest executive in television history, Frank Cross, isn't satisfied that people want to watch the show. He wants them to be scared to miss it. And this leads to the firing of Elliot Loudermilk. And uh, in addition to firing people on Christmas Eve or, or so close to Christmas time, um, we see we, we learn a little, bit, uh, a little bit more about this guy, Frank Cross. And this, uh, this particular episode or section of the movie ends with uh, Frank stealing a cab from an old woman on his way to receive a humanitarian award, which he then promptly leaves in a cab on the way home.
1: Ah, New York. Yeah, exactly. on <sighs> uh, New York in
0: the
2: 80s. <laughs> New York in the 80s. I have when, a uh, yeah,
1: yeah. To, uh, there's a, there's so much to talk about. Uh, oh yeah, so so much. Uh, so, like so, this, so much. This this movie uh is one of those movies that from the 80s it is quintessential Bill Murray. Yeah. For me, um I saw this I did not see this in the movie theater. I first saw it on video. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow That's I missed crazy. it. I don't.
2: I saw I don't it. Know.
1: I saw it opening day. I remember going uh,
2: and then seeing Cocoon the Return afterwards because they both opened the same day. <laughs> wow, opening day.
1: <laughs> that oh, was quite God. a day. That was quite a day. Wish yeah, I'd gone to see a, uh, Scrooge a little, twice. Little Christopher <laughs> running around. Uh, Mom, yeah, I want to go see. Ya.
2: No, I was by myself. Old they, they dropped me off the theater and they said go. But you know, I watch everything back then. I watched everything that came out, no matter what. So mm-hmm.
1: I don't know yeah. what made me not see it in the theater, but I remember seeing it on video and being like, "Oh, this is cool. Okay, I like this. Yeah, yeah, I'm good." But I this was one of those movies. We you know we can talk about all the specifics here in a few minutes, but just for me, it was it was interesting. It was a different time for Bill Murray, in that this was his first movie back. We can start there. This first movie back when he literally stopped. For four years, right? To yeah, France.
0: was was like older. Yeah.
1: Richard Belzer said, "I'm going to leave." And although Belzer always does stuff, he just lives in France. I don't know how it works. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's he was like
0: studying, you know, philosophy yeah. in, in Paris, and kind of was getting deep. And uh yeah, other than a brief appearance, that kind of cameo in Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. well, he had well, kind of left acting.
2: Yeah, this was after uh, yeah. this was after the uh, the Razor's Edge kind of came out and bombed as well uh you know his big uh, bid to be a dramatic actor in the 80s Mm -hmm. um and you know so i mean he was kind of burned out by uh by hollywood and whatnot at the same time and
1: i truly don't know if we were ready for him to be that actor yet
2: no Uh, i mean it took another like 10 years after that almost until ed wood came out and then then it really started to kick off for him in that, well, that, in that's, that I, that's one I think. of the
1: things I wanted to talk about uh, first, yeah. if if you don't mind, Sean. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Wherever you, yeah, of course. Go. Wherever I want to go, we here we go. <laughs> just just yeah, like the camera. let him shot off the loose, <laughs> whooshing through the clouds.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That's got uh, the uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was Bill Murray and the way that his career. Obviously, Sean, you are a Bill Murray fan because you did uh, Groundhog Minute. So. You, you understand the movies that he did and why he did them. This movie to me is Bill Murray still acting like he did in stripes and like he did in ghostbusters. This oh, yeah. is that bill Murray. We get this. Just movie, the kind
0: of, yeah, that the riffing kind yeah, of wild and, and crazy kind of, guy, kind of
1: a, kind every of, once in a while he'll just say something loud. It's not that yeah. it's funny. It's just the way he says it or he'll do a facial. He it seemed like he was walking through this and, I I gotta be on record to say I love Bill Murray. I love the actor that he is, both goofy and straight. So, this though, when I saw this and then uh, Ghostbusters 2 later, also I love Ghostbusters 2. Get that out of the way. (laughs) But It it wasn't until Quick Change. I remember I saw Quick Change. It was a um, a disaster. No one saw it. I love that movie. I did too. I saw it in the theater too. I love, and I saw that one in the theater. And that was the first time Bill Murray wasn't this bill murray
2: no he was the bill murray that he that he slowly became over the last you know the next 20 years or so it's funny
1: if a younger person's listening to this podcast they're they're like well bill murray is like you know the wes anderson guy and he's very interesting and does lots of weird stuff but he's like a good actor not not in 88 he was kind of like hey i'm the wacky guy yeah oh yeah
2: Yeah, i mean he was he when you say bill murray to somebody who grew up in the 80s or the 70s this is the guy they think of First and foremost, they think of Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Scrooged, uh, Saturday Night Live. You know, I mean, those. Yeah, they don't think that's about
1: the guy that, that, that they that, don't that, think about Razor's Edge. And no, Quick not Charge. at all. And no,
2: if they even know about Razor's Edge, for that matter, you know, that's one of those movies that, that kind of gets buried away because of uh, of what it you know, what it meant to to him at the time and what it did to his career. Mad Dog sort of, glory. if you want to say it that Huh? Mad, Mad Dog, Dog and, and Glory. Glory. Yeah, that was that was that was right before was, that was right was before, Ed before Ed and right Wood, and right after one and right after. a year after Groundhog Day, wasn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah, he yeah. he did Ed Wood and then Kingpin, and then from then on it was kind of like well, other than Space Jam, which I think everybody was just in that movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody collected a really good paycheck for that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, Space Jam's a little bit, I think, a slide back. I don't know if that counts yeah. as acting, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. As as quick change is a very uh, underrated movie, but yeah, and
2: he's also one of the yeah. co directors on that too, so it gave him a lot more, you know, leeway with himself. That's
1: why when I go back an actor, and I watch this movie again, like and take notes on it, I'm just watching him the whole time going, He's just riffing. And, and that's yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can get that from the IMDb page. I mean, it's basically yeah. all ad lib. Probably some of the problems that he had with Richard Donner were, you know, yeah. Richard Donner, I wouldn't consider a ad libbing. Director? No,
2: Richard Donner is very much a by this by the book sort of guy. I mean he's he, he started in television with, you know, things like Bonanza and, and stuff like that. And Gill, Gilligan's Island. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> but and then and then this movie starts and we can actually get into the movie now. I'm sorry. I was just I just wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about who Bill Murray was when he did this movie And I think he was conflicted I think he kind of rolled through this movie I mean the end of this movie It's not my minutes But the end of this movie is an ad lib They just kept the camera on for Oh yeah And yeah. so it's like That's kind of how this whole movie feels And that's not a bad yeah. thing it's- No, 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 not at all I mean I remember when this
2: was being made I remember reading about it as it was being made And how they shut production down uh, They fired everybody literally Like in November Right before Christmas They fired the entire cast and crew Because Paramount wouldn't give them a uh, holiday so Richard Donner fired everybody so they could have their Christmas break and then hired everybody back up after Christmas. So our, that's the sort of, you know, production this was, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's, there's uh, I mean, one thing I found interesting is there's, there's no opening credits. No, we no. get, uh, you know, we pull in, the opening shot is sort of from space, diving in through the clouds, and we see Scrooge just across the sky above the clouds. And that's it. There's no... Yeah, it did, you know, all the there's there's a lot of big names in the movie, in addition to Bill Murray, that we'll see yeah. coming up. But and but the, the great
2: thing about done. that opening to me is is this is I mean, if you've in the '80s, if you knew Danny Elfman as you know Boingo, and he'd done a couple of scores like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Summer School and Back to School and Pee Wee and stuff like that. But this God, score in particular, school. I think, I love. Summer. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. This score in particular, when it starts off, this is like the first sort of rumblings of Batman score that He's about to do, which is a year away from, or a little less than a year away from this. Yeah. This is the Tim Burton. You start to hear yeah. la, la, la,
1: the la, Tim Burton, la, 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 la. yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: well, and it's got a very a, what will become Beetlejuice
1: right. vibe,
2: exactly. Well, it's yeah. the Danny Elf- I mean, it's well, the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice so was, was the, out
1: that he, even, yeah. Yeah. yeah, is that a choir or is that a synthesizer?
2: Uh, I think it's that's probably him. Oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> it might be because he does that, you know, like he did it with uh. I was just watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and, you know, he does all the voices for all of the Oompa Loompas and it's got the same sort of sound to it. Yeah, you're right. So it might just be him, you know, recording it, then synthesizing it and overdubbing it over and over again. I really don't know. I mean, that's one of those things. Where either that or he's got a very specific <laughs> choir that he uses for I love, it.
1: <laughs> I love these movies. I love these TV shows that they promote and pitch. They're all yeah. awesome. The, They're so the Night great. The Reindeer, I, you know what? Nowadays, what's so sad is that we're so jaded. This is exactly what we do would do now. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, other than other than the, yeah, uh, just insert not Lee Majors, put in you know, <laughs> Vin Diesel. Well, Vin, Vin Diesel wouldn't do. You have to find like that TV. Who's the TV star that is macho that would come back like David Hasselhoff? Maybe I don't know. Maybe who would you, who would you put he's, in now? That's a good question. David Hasselhoff's now. not right because he's actually from that time too. Who's mm-hmm. have to be somebody from you you know, the eighties in like I mean, the nineties who walks in? Everybody's like, Our oh look, it's yeah, it's
2: Lee Majors. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> who's the Lee Majors equivalent from the 2000s? That's a That's great a question. question. I don't
1: know, Sean. Who is it? Quick.
2: Yeah, I didn't watch enough TV in, the, in then, that time period.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: I'm I I'm stumped. You got
2: me. Yeah.
1: Stuck. I guess Bruce
2: Willis. No, you know? he's, he's a
1: movie star. We got to get somebody. <laughs> Lee Majors was never a movie star. He he was That's only true. a TV star. We got to figure out somebody who's only been. a We got to figure
2: out somebody who that would be. I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Only what's what? Kiefer Sutherland because he was Ryan big in, in
2: the early two thousands. Ryan Seacrest.
0: <laughs> I don't, yeah, see, I see. The problem is, I don't watch any. Are there action shows? Well, the, the, uh, all the action shows I can think of that are currently on TV are reboots of shows when I was a kid. Yeah, so exactly. 50 and, and Magnum PI just started up. So I'm there, like, yeah. everything I think about. Yeah, that's what, that's is why old. I
2: suggested Kiefer Sutherland because he was big with 24 in that with time period. 24. Here. Yeah, 24. Or Jennifer Garner, you know, you can swap it out and make it a woman because <laughs> she was yeah. big in Alias, you know? Sure. But yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, there there are no, like, Lee Majors anymore. You're right. You know what? It's It's Terry Crews. Terry Crews would be the Lee Majors. Terry Crews, you're right. Terry Crews. He's mostly done... I mean, he does movies, but he's mostly done TV, and everyone loves him. And if he showed up, you would be excited. He's not a lead
2: actor either, so... You'd
1: be like, oh, Terry Crews. And he'd do something funny
2: with his muscles and make his uh, pecs (laughs) Yeah, because he's that kind of guy. You go, oh my God, it's him. Yeah, Yeah,
0: so uh, just uh, a no from the the script. I have something that's... (laughs) It it's labeled. It says it's like the shooting script or the final version, but it has um, it has Chuck Norris Ooh. instead ah, of Lee Majors. That means they couldn't get Chuck um, Norris, in,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or Chuck wouldn't do it because you know he's, you know his his uh, background was like no, I can't make fun of Christmas.
0: Oh yeah, right, he's very, yeah. So, he's so very Ch- religious. Yeah. Oh okay. And and I'm I'm guessing at this point Lee Majors needed the money. He hadn't been working yeah. much. I don't think at that. point. Uh, Lee Majors
1: but, uh, is funny. Yeah, Terry Crews. I would. I would watch Sorry, that. Lee Majors is funnier. That's a funnier name. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. the fact that they call him Lee Majors is even funnier. <laughs> it's that Santa's like. Well,
2: <laughs> well you <laughs> know, the, the irony is, the irony <laughs> is that the way TV is now, if we were to do this now, it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh,
1: well, yeah. Well, because he's actually gone. He's boomeranged back. He, and also now yeah. TV, it's different. Prestige TV. Yeah, that's what now. I mean. The way TV is now. I mean, at the time, you did not go in from the TV and then go into movies and then come back to TV. No. And now the best movies mm-hmm. are on TV. I feel like I'm doing an, an HBO commercial. Uh, HBO is <laughs> <Yeah, correct>. Exactly. <laughs> it's not TV. It's yeah. HBO. <laughs> HBO.com <laughs>
2: slash yeah. Scrooged. Or it would be somebody like George Clooney because of, uh, of ER, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if he'd come back. He'd be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he would be. It's George George Clooney. Clooney. But yeah, oh no, we it's get our Batman. First, we get you know? our first look at uh, uh, Mr. Cross. Mm-hmm. He look, he looks awesome. Yeah. That boardroom's yeah. awesome. I love that they couldn't, they couldn't. This t- this movie is like in that weird time frame where technology hadn't caught up yet with TVs. Yeah. So I'm, they they mentioned a bunch of things in these minutes that we're talking about, everything from VCRs to they have. Nine TVs up in front. And Instead of being one giant image, they do that later when they have the one of the ghosts show up. It's it's yeah. nine individual tiny televisions showing the same thing. Well, what's interesting, it's like, yeah. What's
2: interesting is that they it's that's such an '80s sort of '80s um, sort of type that even the wonder the first image of Wonder Woman '84 that they sent out was her looking at like nine TVs with nine that's different awesome. images on it. So. Yeah, I mean that's you know that you've got to say that Very that's such correct. an '80s trope. It is because that you know? to me
1: means it, it's the big time. It's yeah, you're
2: seeing, you've got like eight TVs, nine TVs that you can look at at once. That was kind the of, dream in the '80s, you know. <laughs> yeah, what kind of
1: daddy warbox has this many TVs? <laughs> exactly, not one big TV like we have now. <laughs> can we uh, can we go into? Are we going to Sean? Uh, this didn't have to be on. Uh, are we? Can we go into the minutia of some of the stuff that we see, or are we only doing overarching things? You can go
0: wherever yeah. you want to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I don't know if you want to. We we can talk about some of the other. I well, I didn't have much to say on uh, Bob Goulet's old-fashioned. Other than that being Christmas. an SNL, yeah. that
2: makes me think of yes. yeah, the SNL sketch <laughs> with uh, with uh, with Will Goulet. Ferrell. That's what it made me yeah. think of. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: yeah. Well, and they they describe it as America's best love singer, <laughs> and I you know I know in
1: '88 maybe at
0: one point Robert Goulet may, was a big deal. But he was never, no, he was never really a big deal. <laughs> like just kind of looking up. I mean, I kind of I recognize the name, and I know he he um he made a, a big splash. He was in the original Broadway production I of Camelot. I saw him
1: in Camelot. That yeah, was
0: a big deal.
2: Oh, nice. of course you did. <laughs> but he like That's he awesome.
0: doesn't have any number one yeah. hits. He doesn't have any number one albums. He's like he's, he, I mean, he's he's made a living in show business as uh you know as a singer and occasional actor, which is. You know better than than most people do, but you know uh, um, America's best. He's the Michael Bublé. I'm surprised they didn't get
1: like Robert, uh, yeah, Goulet. He is the Michael Bublé. Robert Goulet, Michael Bublé. You're right. That's funny. We're just making comparisons now to things now to things then. It seems to be kind of where we're going. And this is now just the recasting podcast. uh, Michael Bublé is literally like he's great. He's fine. He's a great singer. Name one song he sings. They're all the same. They're all covers. But.
0: But, but, but you know, once a year, oh, it's Christmas, you can put you them put on, him on and it's no. not offensive, and exactly you know, my mom
1: and dad would enjoy
2: season. it, and so would oh, I, sure. so it's perfect. Yeah. But I, I do love that it's Robert Goulet's old fashioned <laughs> Cajun Christmas, you know, <laughs> Cajun of all things. Well, you know? isn't he, isn't he oh, Cajun? Uh, is he Cajun? That's that's what it is. I just love that though. I always thought it was funny, it, it, yeah.
0: I, I well, because I remember, I'm like, is it well, he's from Massachusetts, that's Cajun, right? right? Like, he's actually. <laughs> Um, he's actually um, of, according to Wikipedia, he's a, a French Canadian ancestry, oh. but was born and raised in Lawrence, Massachusetts. Huh. And uh, Lawrence, if you're not familiar with Massachusetts, it's an old, um, you know, textile town, an old, uh, you know, very blue collar. It's not, it's not blue Massachusetts liberal type thing. Just very blue collar working class town in Massachusetts, but it's. It, there's nothing Cajun about it.
1: <laughs> well, it's like uh, what's his face? Tom Jones. There's nothing Welsh yeah. about him, but well, he's Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this is. I, I love the. I love the Robert Goulet. I love the night the reindeer died because when it comes to the night the reindeer died, the only thing that the uh, only thing I have an issue with is uh, I thought the elves look great. The lady elves are freaking weird. Yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, they are kind of. weird. They
1: are. Jigsaw from the Saw movies, (laughs) they have like this weird white pointy nose and these little rosy cheeks. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like, why are they full size and the elves are small? What are they? Are they not elves? This is, this is the first thing I think of. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wonder, are
0: they, are they human? Because one thing I, and then I'll, I'll kind of, I'll ask you guys if, if I don't know how much research you've done or how much digging you've done. I couldn't find like who are these elves? Who are the actors playing these elves? They're they they're not credited at, in the movie, and usually IMDb is good about getting sort of the uncredited that, that roles. So often,
1: especially with little people in movies, yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, how many times did that happen in Star Wars where they'd have they just jam some oh, yeah. dude into a suit, and then later on you're like, I have no no, there's no credit. That's weird that in eighty eight they yeah. didn't even have credits at the end, there's nothing yeah i I mean I, I do love that that Ron Howard's
2: mom is playing mrs. Claus though I think that's is that
1: awesome. is, is that Ron Howard's
2: mom is Ron Howard's mom, yeah, yeah Ron Howard's mom is playing playing mrs Jean Claus.
0: Spiegel Howard yeah, yeah. I wow. I didn't I just that. Uh, the only thing I thought about her is like that's that that's mrs Claus, yeah, yeah. you know she's she's definitely have the look,
2: yeah that's uh, is, is what Ron do do I know mom? her from oh she was in Apollo 13.
1: Yeah, oh, she's yeah, she's the, the old lady. Oh, wasn't she also the old mm-hmm. lady? Was she the old She was in Cocoon and um, was Matilda. she in that dinosaurs live action you know show? From. Was she? In, wasn't she? No, that's the other lady. Who am I thinking of?
2: Yeah, it's the other lady. Who am I thinking of?
1: Now I'm, now I'm, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you have to edit all that crap out. <laughs> I'm trying to look it up. Where's Howard? Howard, Howard, Howard. Where is she? Yeah, hey, well, don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> But uh yeah she she's done a bunch of a TV like you know single episode appearances on different
2: Oh yeah definitely she other she other and and, and her 15. and his dad were were such big I mean I was watching Splash the other day and his dad's you know the first guy in that that comes up to Tom 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 Hanks and starts complaining about the cherries
1: <laughs> I'm I'm going back through her thing looking for that stupid dinosaur show hold on No it's not her so okay <laughs> moving on moving on no, it's not her. Dinosaur. I will. We will post this so when yeah, this goes so live. They, that there. The then they modeled the dinosaur prosthetics on Ron Howard's mother because it looks exactly <laughs> like her. Yeah. All right. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Well, so I was about to say. So just about. It's like a minute in. As we're panning through Santa's okay, a workshop. <laughs> a minute in, and there's a. You're, you're talking about the the women, uh, elves. They may not be elves. They, well, they're, they're elves. They're, they're, they're like, I'm not saying the woman, the actress, is an elf. I'm saying she's right. playing an elf. She's a little share.
2: Oh, with the and hair and everything, like yeah. She's painting
0: a wooden horse, but she's got like straight black hair with red lips. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is just, she's mini mini share. Yeah. Um, I don't know who, I'm just going to call her mini share because I don't know.
2: Yeah, the, the women look like, you're right, they look like uh, like who's from uh, uh Yeah, they the have Grinch, kind of a, you know? they have their yeah, little nose Hoomil. things
1: going on, little...
2: And their cheeks are like like bigger than they need to be. There's something going on. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh,
1: that that yeah. was my note. It was. just, it Everybody, go check that out next <laughs> time you watch it. I'm sorry, I ruined the first minute of the movie by being like, "Hey, who are these weird uh, grown women hanging out with these elves?"
2: And it's like only one of them too. It doesn't Ugh, seem like there's a it's lot not of
1: breeding them. Breeding elf. <laughs> <laughs> How it's blue the, queen elf, <laughs> <you know? laughs> the
2: queen elf, you oh, know. Oh. Yeah. What a horrible thought. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. It, it gets cold up there in the North Pole. Yeah. Ugh. And lonely. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Mrs. Claus is taken.
0: Exactly. We assume. We don't know. You know, it's probably, you know, we figure Santa's out, you know, on the road a lot for, uh, for work. Exactly. And, uh, you know, when Santa's away, the elves will play.
2: Isn't that that's how
0: that's
1: true? Then, then we see uh, the shot pans back and we see the uh, group of yes men and yes woman in uh, Cross's office. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, what's her face? Um, Mary Ellen Trainer, Richard Donner's Lucky Charm. Oh, uh, she's yeah, she's uh, oh, uh, a yeah. she. She was Robert Zemeckis' wife. She's at the Richard time. Donner's Greg Grunberg. She is the yes. Grunberg of the Donnerverse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, Donner has quite a few Grunbergs, and I think a couple of them show up in this movie as well because they're always in his films. Uh, one one of them is his uh, cousin, oh, yeah? I think. Yeah, his cousin uh, who was in Superman. And lethal, he was the the, the sergeant in um, uh, Lethal Weapon movies. That's his cousin. Oh yeah, the the he looks like looks sort of yeah. like Richard Donner, but yeah, oh. yeah, I, he probably shows up here and somewhere in this movie. Yeah, we should we
0: should yeah. I mentioned for folks that don't know, so Richard Donner, in addition to directing this movie and Superman, um, known for the the Lethal Weapon yes. series.
2: Yeah, and Goonies, and the oh, Omen. Did he, do he did do Goonies and he did the Omen, and um, Damien. What else? Did, yeah, it's all for you Damien.
1: So yeah. And and also the uh cinematographer was uh, Michael Chapman. He was a big guy. Yep. Uh he did a ton yeah. of stuff. He did Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, mm-hmm. The Fugitive, Primal Fear, yep. and mm-hmm. is uh kind of a kind of a kind of a big deal. Uh he did Evolution, that awesome movie. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, I love that movie.
1: With uh with uh Mulder with the Fox. A-
0: there yeah, David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> <Dukovny>. <laughs>
1: yeah, And um
0: and the seven That's up guy. Right? Seven
1: up guy. guy. Yeah, Orlando <laughs> Jones, make yeah, seven up Orlando yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But he was I mean that uh, there are some good shots in this movie. We don't this, yeah, this is a well-shot this movie. Uh what we get, like the first setup shots, is not gonna be avant-garde, but later on when it gets weird and other, there are some very creative shots in this movie.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean it really goes into in sort of the surreal way uh, towards the uh, the mean, end of the scary. film, you
1: know. So yeah, when you get to those
2: parts, it's scary.
1: Just know that young Jonathan on yeah. DHS was yeah. definitely scared.
0: <laughs> and, I think that's and I think that's what they were going for. I,
1: think I was I was fourteen. Yeah, I was fourteen. I
2: think so, so too.
0: Yeah, so you know Frank's not happy with what they're giving him, and well, I and I want to. Jump in, um, you know this is I think most of the people listening to this and, and most of our guests are going to be from the movies by minutes world where uh, people cover movies one minute at a time and doing this kind of one ghost at a time. we're not gonna get into that that level of detail in every minute, but I'm looking at um, at, at three twenty one when Frank opens up the drawer and looks at the mirror,
1: I love <laughs> that move. <laughs>
0: like and it's one of those its it's a it's a bill Murray move to just like he's got to admire himself in in the middle of the meeting not prepping not like he's psyching himself up no this is while the meeting's going on everyone's sitting around watching him look at himself in the mirror in the <laughs> is this in the script this is not in uh, no uh, yeah this is not in the version of the script
1: I have a feeling that, that script is going to so be I, mostly yeah. what ifs <laughs> what 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 could have been yeah. because what could have been yeah. exactly? It, it, yeah, on the it's day of shooting, strokes. I'm sure Bill Murray was throwing out ideas, and that's part of the reason why Richard Don was so annoyed. Yeah.
0: So we f- yeah follow up the the three promos. The um, what was it? So it's uh, the night the reindeer died. The, 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 the night, the, night reindeer the reindeer died. died uh, Bob, Bob Guiles' Goulet. old fashioned Cajun Christmas, and then Father loves, loves Beaver. Beaver. Yep. And and, and I just want to and, and I want to interject. There's there's this. And I don't know if this is supposed to be funny, or if this is just—I don't know—the way they do things in Hollywood. Everything about this movie is sort of presented as we're cutting edge. We're sort of pushing the envelope of what TV can do. Or that's—or you know, Frank Cross is—he's edgy. Is this young guy? He's the next generation. It's moving forward, and everything is dated. So you know, at this point. You know, a six million dollar man has been off the air for a couple of years. Sort of Lee Majors, people would know the name, but he's he's he really past his prime. Bob Goulet is well past his prime and, and was never that big. Um, the the and then Leave It to Beaver was a thing. You know, this is sort of a that um, you know Father Loves Beavers, a takeoff on Leave It to Beaver, was big. Twenty years ago, at, yeah. you know, it's, Now it's oh, 20,
1: yeah. much 20. longer.
0: But at the yeah. time this movie comes out, that's that's twenty. It was still Everything in reruns. Is...
2: In yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and they did have a the new Beaver show as well.
1: <laughs> the new Beaver,
2: the
0: new but like, Beaver. So, so everything's kind of past its prime. And even jumping ahead to a little bit to when they talk about when we when we get to the cast of Scrooge, the next yeah. thing oh, that's yeah, coming up, the next is promo it. is. Their their Scrooged uh, presentation, everything you know. So Jamie Farr at this point, MASH. It, it, it's five year. MASH went off the air in eighty three, and it, I mean it's still in syndication and reruns. But you know what's Jamie Farr doing these days? Cannonball Run. Like it's not hey, like he's the hot. You know. Don't you diss guy. Cannonball <laughs> Run?
1: Are oh no, I, I,
0: I, I oh I love I'm a uh, I love those movies, but and. Uh, But it's not like, you know, Jamie Farr was was a hip-happening guy. And even the Solid Gold dancers they had, um, Solid Gold ran for eight years, but had actually just been canceled.
1: It feels like (laughs) these jokes were written by guys who thought this was funny, but this movie got made five years too late. (laughs) Right. If this movie was Maybe. made in eighty two, you'd be like, "Oh, wow, that's actually kind of cutting edge." They got Jamie Farr and uh, the Solid Gold Dancers. That's yeah. pretty hip.
0: Well, and then speaking of, of of five years past or four years past, and then Mary Lou Retton,
1: yeah, one eighty four was, was
0: huge. I mean, she you know every four years someone comes up and you know some some young woman kind of becomes the face of America, winning you know winning big. In Olympic gymnastics, and that was Mary Lou Retton with the uh, the all around gold in '84. But then four years later, it, yeah, it's, everything's just a little bit past. It's, it's that's where prime. some of the jokes
1: get a little hacky. Yeah. I the jokes between the people mm-hmm. are still fresh. Like I don't mind those interactions and the interplay, but I bet you Bill Murray read this script and was like, "Oh, okay, this is literally a hack fest of." Let's do a, fu- wouldn't it be funny if we did a skit? I mean, this is like SNL quality, yeah. 80s quality, mid-80s quality SNL skit, where you just kind of take an idea oh, yeah. just from a writer's room and just be like, I don't know, Solid Gold Dancers, that's funny. And you don't think about it again. You just put it in the script. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. It.
0: And then five yeah. years <laughs> later, it gets made. And and they just forget to update it because you know, they forget, oh, wait, Solid Gold has been canceled at this point. And, and for folks, the folks that are younger than than we are, who might not know what Solid Gold was, this was sort of,
1: yeah, trying to explain be- be- to people oh, what Solid Gold was. Kind of be- that was a dumb show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So be and and while I was gonna say before MTV, but MTV was around in the eighties. Yeah. So this was this was for the squares. They, this was yeah. For the so squares if you didn't, didn't have cable, cable, if you just had broadcast TV, this was a show where they played. It was an hour long, so they played like the top ten hits, like whatever popular songs were going on. And then, because it was TV and not radio, and they had to show you something, they had dancers. They yeah, it was basically
2: this- like a weekly top forty, but like a weekly top ten. Yeah, like a weekly top ten. Where they would go over 10. the top ten songs in the in the country, with, but the but the with solid dancers, gold dancers, yeah. sort
0: of making like just making up a impromptu. Music video as the yeah. song We're right. at
1: Andy Gibb and Marilyn McCoo. Oh my God, Marilyn McCoo! I have not said that yeah. word out loud in <laughs> thirty years. Marilyn McCoo. And remember that stupid Waylon Flowers with Madam, Madam, Madam. My wife? Yep, he was on that show <laughs> for that a while. Madam. Madam, she thinks Madam is the funniest thing to this day because it is so, it is so bad, and the puppets garbage. Oh but God. This this guy, yeah. this Waylon Flowers guy. Just sold it. He's just like, I'm gonna have this. Yeah. He goes, I have kind of an effeminate cadence. So I'm going to have this character be Madam. And Madam is just gonna be uh this this old cranky lady who's just you know never always tells it like it is. Well, well, Madam was so huge in the 80s. I mean, she was in Vegas, yeah. she had her
2: own TV show, and she was on like yeah. like the Tonight Show all the time and yeah. and and solid gold. I mean, it was like crazy. I remember going to Vegas in the 80s and it was like there were signs, for a big signs on, on the, the strip of her, you know, You'd come see Ma- Waylon Flowers and Madame. I mean, it was just insane. It, it,
0: yeah, it's weird. If you delve into sort of the television history of the the 70s, mainly like late 70s, early 80s, and on the one hand, us older folks will say, well, it was different. You only had three networks and maybe you know, plus PBS and you didn't have a million cable stations plus YouTube and Netflix and all these other things. So... We You know, kind of makes it sound like there'd be very few shows and it would be very selective. Like you must have been the best of the best of the best because we didn't even have Fox. There are only three network. But then you look at some of the stuff that got it. Like, yeah, Madam had her own show. Yeah. Um,
1: But the people that came out of that thing, Rick Dees, Arsenio Hall, Nina Blackwood, all these people came out of this stupid show. And we wouldn't have Arsenio Hall if he hadn't been. He became like the in yeah. in house. I mean, the thing is, there was so much syndication TV back then, and that's
2: what Solid Gold was for a while. And the same with the Madam Show, and even that show, that horror show, Small Wonder. You know, they were all that's these, these syndications. I just like
0: that you're putting up Rick D's as well, he an was example big. of like. Hey. I, I assume, I assume he was, you were going he as like, oh, that's hints. a good thing. He
1: has more. No, he was huge. He had that disco duck because yeah, I mean, even
2: when I when I moved to L.A. in two thousand and four, he dope. still was big then. I mean, he was on the on the radio up until Ryan Seacrest basically, you know, all about eved him and killed and
1: killed his career basically. Mm-hmm. Well, because D's <laughs> you know? always had that cheesy, you know. I mean, he was the center square for a while too on uh, Hollywood Square. He had disco duck. I mean, come on. Yeah, disco. Show my age right there. <laughs> Well, we're gonna have to, it's going to be interesting how the Scrooge uh, how we're going to disseminate all this information to people, <laughs> so they can go look at links of stuff. <laughs> the Eighties were weird, man. It's the eighties. <laughs> to <laughs> quote, to yeah, quote, yeah, the eighties were friend,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a link that can explain it. You have to, to, to quote, have, quote our you
1: friend George Hendricks from the Mogwai Minutes, it's the eighties, man. Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's the thing is that that
2: say. that you know we're throwing out a bunch of names and things, and you know a lot of people have that eighties nostalgia, but we're throwing out stuff that is like. You don't see the nostalgia for that the same way that you do the other things.
1: And yeah. I think that's the point of what... Uh, I, I keep forgetting his first name. Uh, Frank, Frank Cross. That Frank Cross, yeah. had, Frank is, Cross. is not happy yeah. with. He knows this stuff Yeah. Oh, dead.
2: yeah. It's dated. Well, I mean, he me. has that line here. He's like, if I could fire that guy, I would, you know? To, about Robert and Mitchum's he, character. And about then he, uh, they yeah. put on
1: the Scrooge promo, and it starts with this awesome music, yeah. this, you know, death, famine, ODing. Which is awesome. basically what our commercials are nowadays. Yeah. It's every commercial for the 10 o'clock news is something in your house could kill you. We'll talk to you tonight about it. And you're always like, Oh,
2: don't eat your lettuce. It's going to kill you. You know?
1: Yeah. Exactly, and I love, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he says, and just, uh, John Hausman and John Houseman shows up. What Are you going to say something, Sean, before that? I'm sorry.
0: Well, I was just going to say another, another thing that was data in jumping back or into the, the script, another bit in, uh, in the version of the script I have originally that third show instead of father loves beaver, it's, it's sort of a, a murder mystery. Someone is
2: killing sidewalk Santas,
0: and only Lonnie Anderson can stop them.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds great. I it's, would have liked to have seen that.
0: The title is Fat, Jolly, and Dead. <laughs> 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 Which, yeah, I mean, I it, but again, it sounds like an SNL skit. And also, uh, you know, Lonnie Anderson had been had been working, had been doing a few things, but her real big claim to fame is WKRP in Cincinnati, which at that point had been off the air since '82. I mean, A-
2: A- M- B- B- but, and being Mrs. Burt Reynolds too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and it appearing in Stoker Ace in '83. But again, oh. it's you know, if if this is your pillar that you're hanging your network on, this is your big evening of of Christmas programming. It's it's someone who's kind of four or five four or five years past. Yeah, um, You know, well, past uh, the fresh and, and date. Uh,
1: it's funny enough that Frank wants something fresh and hip. And he puts, <laughs> he puts John Houseman, who, who he quotes as America's <laughs> favorite old fart. And I had to go look up John <laughs> Houseman because he's another name that you're like, yeah, I know who he is, but I don't know what he's from. But basically, but basically he, he was done? on the paper chase and silver spoons and this other shows. He was on shows from like the sixties and fifties on, but he was, he was America's favorite old fart that he definitely just said that that is an ad lib. Yeah. I wonder if John Hausman found out about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And he probably kind of nodded and said, eh,
1: yeah, it's such a weird, it's a, and he puts um. him in there and he's, you know, it's the old, uh, showing the old book, you open the book and then you see John Hausman. He says to, you know, this, Christmas Eve at, uh, I have this in my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to re-record that because I just hit my microphone. Uh, he has in his notes, uh, I have my notes, Scrooge at 10 p.m. Eastern. And I was like, oh, what? You're going to have a Christmas Eve thing at 10 p.m.? Is that, what is that for? What show starts at 10 p.m. anywhere, even in the 80s? must see TV I guess it's is that you know
2: since it's yeah I mean that's that's kind of messed up because it's that's nine o'clock central time so it's like what an hour <laughs> the show's gonna yeah, be what so an hour is
0: I guess it yeah can't be much longer than an hour maybe they're thinking because it's it's is Christmas it the, last, the kids are excited they're staying up late
1: yeah is it the last thing they're gonna yeah. see meanwhile go this leave?
0: is parents are rapping I, I I think I don't I don't know if you gentlemen have children yes. I don't but yeah. I have nieces and nephews, and I know my, you know my 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 siblings and sibling in laws. Ten o'clock Christmas Eve, they want those kids asleep because oh, yeah. you know they're wrapping, yeah. they're stuffing stockings. Like they yep. don't want a live TV special at that time. That's keeping the kids up. We won't say why.
1: No. We won't say why. They, they just, just want, they want the, kids, the kids to Yeah, to kids, if early. you're
0: listening, know your your parents are putting out milk and cookies for Santa. They're not yeah, because Santa's
1: coming. Yeah, they got to be asleep. They have to get prepared because they're tired. Yeah, they've got to be asleep. But, uh, yeah. What a, what a weird kid listening to the Scrooge podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mommy, what are they trying to say about Santa?
0: But, what that yeah, Santa? that is odd that they... Who's it yeah, for? Who
1: is it for? And also, you guys just said it's an hour. They're spending forty we're, well, million we're, we're dollars. we're guessing on
0: this. it's only an hour because what is it going to be? Ten to midnight?
2: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I mean, local news is what eleven o'clock New York uh, Eastern time.
0: Yeah, usually. Yeah, unless unless that's unless they're planning. I mean, it does sound like. I mean, and and, and Frank says they've spent forty million dollars. So if it's two hours, maybe they're planning to have the big finale of, at at midnight on Christmas. Uh, I guess you know, Christmas special. morning, but it, it does sound like a long night of programming because they start at well, it starts at seven. As we, you know, from the, going back to that voiceover, yeah, the night the reindeer dies starts at seven, and then eight thirty is Bob Goulet. Nine is Father Loves Beaver, and then this starts at ten.
1: Your opener uh, is Father Loves Beaver to the something you spent forty million dollars. Well, on? yeah, and
0: that's yeah. What kind of lead in is that? Yeah, it's it,
1: this started is, at eight. Exactly, yeah.
0: this this whole thing is is just a. This train is the wreck.
1: jewel and the IBC yeah, crown. The, the,
2: the, the, uh, the rain the reindeer thing should be at nine at eight thirty and go until ten, and then I like they were unhappy. Give me Scrooge, the you know.
1: Of the... <laughs> That's what this is all about. Well, so I mean, so, the minutiae, and, and well, then,
0: I, that leads to kind of one of the one of the things I like about this movie, and and one of the reasons I wanted to cover it is. One of the, and going back so this, they never say a Christmas carol. They even say Charles, they say Charles Dickens, Scrooge, but it's classic. Yeah. We know
1: the Charles Dickens
0: classic, the Charles Dickens classic. We know they're, you know, the, the, the Dickens family, that, that. Were they not allowed to say, were they not
1: allowed to say a Christmas carol? I don't know.
0: I, I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's
1: did true. they call it Scrooge because they needed to call it Scrooge because the movie's called Scrooge. I think that's why they call it Scrooge
0: because the movie's <laughs> called it Scrooge. It's, it's Scrooge <laughs> inside Scrooge. But um, so this is based on A Christmas Carol, and you know it's a Christmas classic made Charles Dickens famous, made Christmas famous. Um, years ago, I was reading something that said like this: this whole like, this kind of like is the birth of modern Christmas. Here, the you know used to be very uh, you know a solemn day of, of prayer for the religious kind of thing, but just this kind of merry gift-giving thing that it's become kind of starts here. But I was always skeptical of this turn at the end that, that Scrooge, I don't know, I just I didn't buy it. I don't buy the character arc that Scrooge becomes so great after being so bad in the beginning. And that's one of the things I think this movie does well, that it kind of sells that a little bit better. Than yeah, some of the I, other adaptions
1: have. I agree because in the story, Scrooge has been a dick for his whole life. Right. But we can only assume Frank became yeah. uh, this jaded guy mm-hmm. later because he are, You know, he uh, we see earlier he he and Marion. I'm only gonna call her Marion. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Claire. Uh, she <laughs> she she was a good thing for him. Right. And that was and that was and we saw the positive how positive he was and he used to be normal.
2: Yeah, he had it's such not- a great love of TV and he was so like energized by it. And he was very, very kind hearted yeah. back then, too. It so, yeah, I,
1: I agree with that, though. The, the, the story of Scrooge is always one that you're like, seriously? I mean, the guy basically had an episode and <laughs> it's changed his entire life in one night because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I understand it's a parable and it's supposed to be like this. But I like the way they, they, they don't give us a character that is so bad that when he pivots, We don't believe it, right? Like I have no problem with him. He can still be a jerk, and at the end, he is still like he's still the same guy yelling and screaming. He's just happier about who he is, right? Yeah. So,
0: and and he he's still Frank Cross. And I'll 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 call out another Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. At at the end, um, at the end of that, um, Phil is. Phil is still kind of a, a wise guy. He's still making sarcastic remarks when he said, you know, he, he wakes up on, on February 3rd in tawny and he says, let's move here. We'll rent a start. You know, he's, he's still sarcastic. He's still making comments. He's still who he is.
1: He, he still just, murdered that homeless guy. He still murdered the homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> gotta live with that now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, check out Groundhog Minute at GroundhogMinute.com. Groundhog but, Minute. <laughs> so, yeah, you can, you know, you can, I, I. you can change. I believe people can change, but they're still who you are, you know, or, or you are who you are kind of thing. You can only change so much. You can be nicer, but if you're a wise guy, you can be a nicer wise guy kind of thing. Um, Yeah, so I I think just in in the original, everyone around Scrooge is sort of a really nice person, and they're trying to do good and they're trying to be friendly, and he's just an a hole nonstop for seemingly no reason other than he guess he enjoys being an a hole. Like yeah, I mean, there's
1: nothing other than being he's just he's sadistic. He's a sadist. He's he's enjoys the misery,
0: meaner than he has to be. And in this, you see, no, you know, Frank is kind of surrounded by idiots. Like, I'm, I'm a little sympathetic yeah. to, you know, maybe he, his bedside manner, his approach could be a little bit nicer. But, you know, when the one guy is like, you know, hey, America loves an acrobat. Like, you kind of deserve, you're like, you're an idiot. That guy deserves to be fired. Um, so I'm kind of sympathetic. Mrs.
1: Claus did have 11 fingers. It's yeah. crap. Get it off my wall. It's not, he's not wrong. He's not wrong.
0: That's all I (laughs) love.
1: I I thought it was funny that nothing is scarier than the life of Brian font that they use for the Scrooge, (laughs) the the big Scrooge. I like that. And then, and then all the evil stuff got to me because the shotgun in the face and some of the other stuff, I'm like, this is a little close, too close to home to what's going on now. So, uh, not a super fan of this. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they, uh, they talk and we meet, uh, Elliot Loudermilk, mm-hmm. uh, played by John, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah, Bob who, Goldthwait, who you all would great. know as a director, but we all know as a goofy actor and stand up comedian from the English. Yeah.
0: From uh, police academy and, yes. and other great movies. Yeah.
1: And he's Hot doing to trot
2: the voice in this movie. <laughs> he's doing like a pared down version of the voice at first. And then as he gets more drunk and more crazed, he starts going into like full <laughs> Bobcat, um, because I, I don't even know if, if kids nowadays, or people nowadays, know what Full Bobcat really is. I mean, maybe if you played the Skylanders game, you heard it. Uh, oh, yeah. Because no,
1: he, he, yeah. he was one of the voices, and he was doing Full Bobcat in that. Oh, yeah, his stand-up. Go look it up, kids. His stand-up was crazy. And at the time, no one had ever seen this.
2: Yeah, he was crazy.
1: He would come out, and he was all no. sweaty, and he would snarl uh-huh. and talk with that weird inflection, and then he'd, like, scream for no reason. <laughs> he lo- He looked like awesome. a rabid so dog good. most of the time.
2: He was like... It was awesome, and 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 then you know he was in those police academy movies, and then he did uh, a couple other things, you know, and then he got like Hot to Trot, and then this was pretty much right after that Hot to Trot with John Candy. <laughs> hot to Trot, exactly.
1: Then di- and then he, then he started directing more and more, and now he's. And, I mean, now you, I, yeah, you see him now. You know, like, oh, that's just that's
2: crazy.
0: Now he's on NPR. I mean, that's yeah. that's the last few times I've heard of of Bobcat. He's on. Uh, he's a panelist on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. He's on NPR. Well, now. He's still he's,
1: funny. So that's, yeah. Oh yeah. He's still yeah. funny. He's just. Different now, you know. He's just not he's, doing the voice.
2: Yeah, God. he's not doing that voice anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and he listens to Elliot. Elliot tells him it's just too scary. Maybe if you maybe if you you know lost some of the stuff. Well, thanks for telling me. I appreciate that. And and then he uh, <laughs> he fires Elliot Loudermill. Well, first of all, I thought his name was Loudermill. Because for my entire life until we just did this, uh, we did this research. <laughs> yeah. Louder Milk. Louder Milk. I don't know what that is. All the names in this milk. movie are insane. I don't know if they're <laughs> homages to the actual uh, uh, Christmas Carol. I don't know if these people have names that are being used, like, because you know, Preston Rhineland, Lander, all these people have very affected names. No. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Like yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they don't seem to be names from the original. No. I, I think it's just. Yeah, I'm not sure where yeah, where louder milk.
1: It's just weird. It's it's I guess from. it's funny. But anyway, so he does his thing. He he's the one voice of reason and a bunch of yes men. Uh Frank does not take to that well and hasn't no. fired on Christmas. And then then Frank makes a joke and no one laughs, and he goes, Nobody gets me. And Nobody I started laughing me. and I was like, <laughs> That I have said that so many times, and I think I got it from that when I was a kid. Nobody, <laughs> gets, nobody me. gets me. You just have to yell it to the heavens, <laughs> yeah, in front of the people who didn't get it,
0: right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, and that that's something I say all the time, and I didn't even realize that I was quoting this movie.
1: Neither I did I. Are we, do you think we are? I think we are. I think subconsciously, Probably. I can't think of anything else where it would be from. I was trying to like, I was like, did they come up with this? Is this a nobody gets me? It's like kind of a thing. It's almost like a, from the earth to the, you know, bang, zoom to the moon, Alice. It's kind of a, it's a catchphrase. I was like, yeah. oh, this is so familiar. And I was so happy when that happened. And then after that, uh, Robert Mitchum, another, another old name, <laughs> yep. playing Preston, uh, his boss comes in. And he, I love that he's drinking a tab and stoley. Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing. Again, four years too late. Tab was not <laughs> a thing in 1988. It wasn't. I mean, you could buy it. But as a soft drink person who liked soft drinks, I don't think you could buy. I don't think people were. It was in the. It was, everything was Diet Coke in nineteen eighty eight.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, again, for the younger folks, Tab was Tab was before Diet Coke, before Diet Pepsi, and all those. It was like kind of the first diet soft drink. You know, car, the first diet carbonated beverage. But yeah, by this Remember point it had saccharine. in the
1: that saccharin, that stuff that gives it you had cancer. Saccharin. Yeah, They had to get rid of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, so but at, at this point we had you know, you had Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi and these other things. Um it's it's I don't I don't know if it's still around today, but
2: um, I think it's been reintroduced. Yeah, by this it's point, owned
1: by Coca Cola. They under they did like tab energy. Gross. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I've seen regular tab in the stores still. So I mean they obviously yeah, are making see, it. It looks
1: like there was I'm I'm just looking it it was discontinued in ninety four. Oh, and and the original tab flavor was introduced in 1983. Yet again, mm-hmm. five years after this movie. Yes, and it's just another one of those things. You're like, it's just not a. Uh, I, I, it it does make me laugh though because that sounds disgusting. Uh, <laughs> vodka and Tab sounds gross, but uh, he he meets Preston and Preston is yeah a wackadoo. <laughs> We find out in the first five seconds. He's like, Frank, <laughs> how many cats do you think there are in the United States? He's like, ballpark. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> how many dogs? <laughs> and so he wants to, he wants to program for pets. Programming for pets.
0: And I, I did a little bit of research, very little, but I did a little bit of research. Uh, so Preston says at the at the time, uh, I guess in 1988. There, he says there's 27 million cats and 48 million dogs. Um, as of the last census I could find.
1: Last we were up census two, that we had? Yeah, A dog the dog census. census. That's well, you we know, they,
0: they they go around. I guess I don't know if this is um, resident dogs or citizen dogs. I don't know how they uh, decide.
2: How about stray but, dogs? Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: so, yeah. So the, the latest numbers I could find, as of uh, 2017, there were 90 million dogs. And ninety-five million cats. Pals. That's even more so than Preston's. line. Kind of pulled ahead. Yeah, yeah. But and it was funny. There was just as as of this taping, within the past day or so, there was a pretty long, I, pretty long discussion on Facebook uh, that people that I saw people talking about their pets watching television, in particular uh, the one thing uh, cats seem to love. Uh, the voice of David Attenborough. <laughs> and so the my BBC, eight-year-old,
1: my 10-year-old. That's
0: you know, well, a very calming voice. But there was a long thread, I think it was on Facebook, a long thread of saying every time like the Earth or Planet Earth or any of these nature series that David Attenborough has uh, has done for the BBC, or anytime they come on, the cats are just enthralled.
1: I think it's like an ASMR thing. I think that there's <laughs> some tone in the way, because when he talks, he, it's very, you know, it's, it's British and it's very right. long vowels. He has like that announcer's voice, and you're just kind of like, ah, yeah. oh, David Attenborough is going to tell me what's up with that elephant. Huh, I'm good. Hmm. Oh, he's going to talk about mating dances of this weird bird. Oh, I'm good. Right. He's just very, it's, I guess I'm, maybe I'm part cat. I find David maybe. Attenborough very uh, calming.
0: Yeah. Now if I, but but I, I did have an issue with this because. They, they reference
1: Kojak? a show that what came <laughs> went off the air in
0: 1978 another
1: dated 10 years
0: yes. <laughs> what, what was what was it yeah well what i thought is is what are they going to buy <laughs> like it's nice to have viewers but the like the viewers are a means just to show you how far gone preston is for television the viewers are a means to the end the viewers you have viewers so you can sell advertising. Well, I think that's the
1: point, is it, if it, you can get cats to watch a TV show, and then the, you can get Purina to be the advertiser, everybody wins. Because they can but say the, that cats the advertiser... Don't buy,
0: cats don't buy Purina. Right, but the people do. The, pe- the owners right. buy. The people but the buy people
1: are purina. like, hey, my cat likes this show. Oh, look, there's an ad. Because there's nothing else on. I think that's what Preston's getting at. I don't think he thinks pets are... Able to okay. buy things. He
0: thinks the people will watch the shows with the pets.
1: Okay? I think the show is on and the pet is watching it. So the people are like, oh, what's uh, Fluffy watching? Oh, he well, well, there it are
2: show. there are pa- people who do put on like certain animal planet shows and TV stations that cater to animals nowadays. While they're gone from work or at work or stuff like that, oh. so their animals can watch TV. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That is weird.
2: But th- but I've I've seen that. I know that, that that's a thing. You know, it's kind of crazy. You? Think... you have a cat, don't you? Yeah, I do. I have a cat. A cat. Cats. Cats. (laughs) Too many of them. So, do your cats
0: ever request certain brands? (laughs) They can't talk, (laughs) Sean.
2: No, I mean, no. They 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 won't eat crap food though. That's the thing. They'll be like, oh, they are picky. Yeah, they are very picky. They won't eat certain foods. And my when I had a dog, he wouldn't eat anything unless it was the brand that he was used to. Hmm. Uh, And he would watch TV. Cats are the epitome of animals. Oh yeah, they are assholes.
0: Yeah, they so are. I, I would think Preston would be would be asking him, "Do you know how many parrots there are in the United States?" Because if someone left the TV on to keep their pet company, and the pet was a parrot, and you ran the ad, and then the person comes home, and the parrot says, "You know,
1: buy a tap." That's a that's a lot. That's a lot to invest <laughs> in, a, in a, hoping that the parrot mimics. Not all birds mimic. Parents do not all parents mimic, but it doesn't matter. No, I think I think Preston is is he's insane. But is he is he? I'm going to throw the quote. Is he? (laughs) But because nowadays we program for all sorts of things, we program for humans uh, based on race, sex, sexual orientation, gender, all these kind of things. What's the difference between adding species? (laughs) I mean, really? Other than again. They can't buy anything yet. Yet.
0: Yet. Yet.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
0: you could. You could probably teach. Well, again, going to parrot. You know, if you have like a, you love. Why are you going these, back to the
1: parrot? <laughs> well, if you have one of these
0: home assistants, like an Alexa talk, or Google you know? Home thing that you can talk to and say buy something, <laughs> then they could. The commercial couldn't. You know, you could instruct the parrot to then talk to the home assistant to order
1: something. Oh my god, I don't know if I wonder I don't if, she'll, know. I wonder if she if she recognizes parrot talk as <laughs> talk. I wonder if it's cuz it's kind of gibberish half the time. It's like all right. Uh, and then, then the he, Preston describes a detective that dangles string.
2: <laughs> I was like,
1: I would watch that show. I don't care. I'm sure that sounds fine <laughs> I watched a lot of stupid shows in the '80s. I watched Manimal. I watched Street Hawk. I watched Airwolf. Street Hawk, Manimal. Oh yeah. All these shows uh, were all a gimmick. So again, is he crazy or is he a genius? Preston, misfits of science. Preston Fluffernutter, what's his name? He's got a weird. Easy cra- like a fuck. Rhinelander. Okay, it's no worse. Rhinelander. Preston Rhinelander may cool. be a genius. He was ahead of his time. He was. And and then uh, I'm just gonna keep. I keep introducing these things. I should stop. Okay, Sean.
0: <laughs> 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 no, please. I'm just yeah. Do do my job for me. Well
1: then, That's then he sends him to the elevator. Me. I'm so excited uh, because yeah. my favorite character is about to show up. John Glover opens the other uh, door, and he's talking. He's been talking the whole time. And he walks in, and he sees, uh, he sees Frank, and he walks up to Frank and gets, I mean, right in his face. And he's like, hey, I'm Bryce Cummings. We met at blah, 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 blah. And he's, he's friends with Preston. Bryce Cummings, a.k.a. John Glover, is the greatest character, second only to Clamp. From Gremlins too. It's the same character, <laughs> same guy,
2: same guy. Yeah, like exactly. Clamp. Same
1: character. It's. Yeah. I yeah. like Clamp. I don't like Bryce Cummings. <laughs> you don't like? Yeah, I mean, it basically is is Clamp.
2: But I, I think John Glover plays basically the same character no matter what, because even when he played like Lex Luther and, or not Lex Luther, but Luther's father on. Uh, yeah, but he was He was kind of the same.
1: He wasn't. He was. But,
2: you know, he, he was in Batman. Batman and Robin. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well oh, for the four minutes he's in that movie yes
2: exactly
0: was there anything in batman and robin that wasn't
1: hokey mm. i mentioned on every podcast i'm on this the only movie I've ever, second one of two movies i've ever got my money back on from what the was the theater. other one I, I walked out with my wife really? and said i want my money back and they said why i go because this movie is terrible and they said okay because movie theaters will do that you didn't know that that's not a. I know that
0: they will right yeah. chris you used to work oh yeah one. they
1: will yeah, they will. Yeah, it, they're, 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 they prefer to give you a pass. Sure. But you're not making but, money yeah. on the, the the entrance. You're making no. money on the concession. So yeah, right.
0: I was they like, won't take the popcorn back. But if you yeah. tell them this movie sucks,
1: I mean, we yeah, didn't they, watch an hour and a half of it. We watched uh, probably about uh, probably about up until Bruce Glover, and I was just like, we have to stop. We this uh, when they introduced Bane, I was like, nope, this is it. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. God, we have got to leave. And I'm not a let's leave kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but
0: that that was a let's leave kind of movie.
1: That is that is still a let's leave kind of movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, he runs into, Frank runs into Bryce Cummings, played by John Clover, uh, as you
1: mentioned. Yeah, we don't get enough of and, him. He just gets off the elevator, says hi, annoys me, and then gets back on the elevator. And he's still talking to that lady that's next to him. <laughs> awesome. It's like an L.A. scumbag, just a, just a quintessential 80s L.A. guy that in your mind, that's what they did. Hey, hey, and they're just they glad hand. It doesn't have to be L.A., but I think they were trying to do that with him. It's that guy who, who doesn't understand personal boundaries and walks up right. and starts telling you and you find out like his dating history and uh, who, you know, everything about him in the first two minutes. And you're like, I, I really don't know you. I really don't want to know these things. I don't want to have this connection. You're forcing a connection on me. So, that's basically what he's going to be this whole movie. Yeah. It's forcing a connection with Frank Cross.
0: Yes. Yeah, and he he will, he will be back. He will be back. He will be back. And then we follow up that uh Grace lets Frank know that his brother is in town yeah. or in the office and it's uh it's, it's his, his brother. actual brother. It's yeah. Bill Murray's
1: brother. One, Bill Murray's it's one of the boys, only yeah. times yeah. a brother has ever played his brother.
0: Played a brother. I think, yeah, I think the only time. Yeah. Um, and there's actually another brother that's coming up mm-hmm. yeah. who is playing a relative, but not a brother. But in this case, yeah. the brother is playing
1: a brother. When my 10-year-old saw this movie for the first time, he's like, is that his real brother? I go, good eye. That is exactly his <laughs> real brother. It's basically <laughs> uh, Brian Doyle Murray younger it's the exact yeah. same face.
2: Yeah, because because his, cause his older brother Brian does play his father, which right. is surreal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, uh, oh, yeah. His younger, yeah. His past self brother, his past yeah. self father. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know, that didn't come out right, but that's what I yeah.
0: <laughs> but sort of the uh, the the Jim Belushi to uh, Bill's John. Yeah, and they go to oh, yeah.
1: Well, no, I yeah. like I like him better than I like Jim Belushi. So. I like uh, well.
2: This like this brother guys was guys. the one that was in in movie mm-hmm. violations. What a great! And the other brother is the one that was on uh, Dharma and Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh,
0: I did not know there was a Murray brother in. Uh, yep.
1: Dharma and Greg. He's the yeah. bigger one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The he's <laughs> he's more
1: the 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 what's it called the uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Belushi. Then the confusing part is there's another guy who you think is a, a Murray brother, who's the big guy from Groundhog Day that he meets in the hallway every day, and that's not a Murray. No, even though, and he's from Armageddon, and you think that's a Murray, he sounds exactly like Bill Murray. He has that same (laughs) Chicago accent, and it's uh, it's not Bill Murray.
0: He's not a yeah. I should do a podcast, Murray, not Murray. (laughs) Just have people come on, guess
1: this guy Murray? No, not not a
0: Murray. Murray?
1: Uh, And they're they're in the bathroom. They're in uh, Frank Cross's bathroom, and it has a. it has the definition of the word cross. Cross. A thing I love that. It's so great. Too <laughs> people too. Oh, that's so great. That now that's a funny joke. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's not a dated joke either. Well, I guess it's the most dated joke. It's two thousand <laughs> years old. But that, that's that's and he's uh, he's getting ready for his uh, to go to his. He's going to talk to his brother and he's going to go jump in the cab, and we get some real New York street stuff.
0: Yeah. Now I was trying to figure out like if that. It, it you know if, if there was some deeper thing going on there with the the cross a thing they nail people to and, and I wasn't able to come up with it
2: I think it's outside of joking. it being Christmas
1: thing
0: yeah I think it's you just know, him and I think Jesus he, and all that well no but David I think that'd David, be, I that,
1: think that uh, Frank Cross is the guy that nails you the thing yeah, yeah, I right. think he in his mind hits a personal motivation it's a yeah. mantra yeah.
2: especially with his uh, uh, cycle there you know his
1: yeah he
0: looking yeah, at it
1: and looking out the window yeah
0: yeah I mean if this was an Easter movie it would be much more on message. But in this context, <laughs> it's just a joke.
1: Uh, this, yeah. the, and, and they go downstairs to good old, <laughs> good old 1988 New York. Uh, back when it was <laughs> no. the gritty city. The gritty oh, city. so good. Well, that's Philly now. Philly's now the gritty city. Yeah, but, gritty's the city. Uh, the New York city, city is. I, I love New York in the 80s. I grew up going to New York every Thanksgiving, going to the parade, going to see shows, hanging out, eating from street vendors, which are now back. I'm happy to say. My wife was very happy. She got a hot dog from a street vendor, and I said, "Did they have any individually wrapped uh, candies?" And she goes, "Oh no, they didn't have. Like they had like used to (laughs) have like gumdrops. Like you get (laughs) gumdrops in a brown paper bag.
2: That's crazy. Just loose candy from a vendor." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you could trust that yeah. nowadays. Uh, ah,
1: I, mean, I miss the '80s New York. It was gritty. Yeah, and I did. were porn. theaters everywhere, but it was awesome. Times porn. Square it was theaters. a nightmare. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. Yeah, but that's
0: so, what they are. yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll go down to, to street level, and uh, Cross is making his way to to the to the cab, walking and talking with his brother. He passes this band, and just happens to be uh, a bunch of famous guys. Yeah. and he, he whips out you know why do you guys just learn that song today or something he makes some wise mm-hmm. again being a jerk just, for no reason yeah. just being a jerk for no it's, reason uh, but so we got we got Paul Schaefer, uh-huh. who was yep. uh the uh, Burry would know was the band leader for SNL mm-hmm. for for many a years mm-hmm. and the other musicians on trumpet we miles have Davis. miles Davis miles Davis I mean just the great Miles Davis. Yeah. Uh, On sax, David Sanborn. Yep. Uh name some folks might know, another another big name.
2: Or and, a sound you might know from all the Lethal Weapon movies. He was the sax for, he did most of the, he did uh, oh, part he did of the music for. Oh, he did Sexy Sax for Lethal the. Weapon. All the Lethal oh, Weapon movies. I, he composed the score with Michael Kamen and Eric Clapton. Huh. Oh. I yeah. did not know. Learning that. something new yep. every day.
1: There we yep.
0: go.
2: Yeah. That's so every time you, you hear, you hear a. Uh, you know, Murtaugh say he's too old for this. That That's David Sanborn going, doo, 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 you know, in the background with his axe. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I, Pretty cool. I learned something today. Thanks. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. I would and knowing, is
1: half, <laughs> you know. Was the the knowing is half the battle.
2: The more you know. The other one's knowing is half the battle.
1: Yeah. Well, and
0: then on uh, on guitar is uh, Larry Carlton, who yep. was uh, maybe not as famous as David Sanborn or Miles Davis, but... Uh, you know, d- did a lot of studio work, played with Steely Dan and Joni Mitchell and a, and a bunch of yeah, other. Folks. The Robert so Goulet another... of
2: guitars. <laughs> yeah, the, the Robert. <laughs> well, Goulet. I found it interesting. I was reading up on him that that he was stabbed or shot right right before oh, all God. this, or right after this movie shot, and <laughs> right he lost after this scene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, exactly. But he Literally lost right after, use, after this
2: scene. He lost use of his arm, oh, no. like his like his left arm He's and everything. A guitar yeah, player, it's crazy. Exactly. He needs that arm. <laughs> I know oh that's how does he play and, and he he also played the guitar on the the hill street blues theme
1: oh well,
2: that's yeah actually right. he was shot in the neck that's where he ah. was shot in the neck and lost use of his Got arm lost
1: use of his neck
2: yeah no kidding that's crazy it's crazy. crazy yeah oh. that, that's
1: crazy i hope he's okay yeah
2: now. Is, is he? oh yeah he's Unless good
1: he's now Sorry.
2: no he's still okay. alive i don't want to get haunted by <laughs> him tonight <laughs>
1: You. Why did you make fun of my neck and my hand and my arm? <laughs> no, he's, he's you call me Robert lying. Goulet, you jerk?
0: He just talks like that. He does have credits after this, so I yeah. guess maybe he maybe plays with his feet. He's They're just not very good.
2: Now? <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> and, and, and looking up good. his stuff, he, he composed the theme for Who's the Boss. Oh, after this?
1: No, okay. before this. And after this, he only played the recorder. Just yeah. la- <laughs> or, the recorder. <laughs> or a trumpet. Only <laughs> things that you can play with one hand.
0: He actually won a, a Grammy for that uh, Hill Street Blues yeah. theme.
1: One armed Grammy, that's special. Awesome. Back
0: in '81, another guy who's huh. just f- five years past '81.
1: Way to go! You <laughs> peaked. You peaked already, dude. This whole movie, this movie peaked in 1983. Just, unfortunately, it was made in 1988. <laughs> it was high comedy in 1983. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about. I need. To, we need to go back a little bit. Alfre Woodard is in this movie. Yeah, she's she fantastic. Is. By yeah.
0: the way, yeah, the the, the great, Alfre from, uh, well, she did some Desperate Housewives. The she's great Alfre Cage these days. Uh, Empire. Oh, yeah, you know her
1: from Star Trek. Star yeah, Trek: right.
0: First Contact. Yeah, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, she's in there for like five
1: yeah. seconds. No, no, uh, she was in, she was in Luke Cage. Yes, she was Luke on Cage, Luke Cage. Twelve Years as well. as a Slave. Uh, K-Pax. Yep. Forget that movie. Yep. But uh, yeah, she's she in the add. new Lion she's King, like King a, movie as well. She,
2: she's Sarabi in the new Lion King. Oh, movie. oh, that perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. Surabi. So well just the voice. Yeah, she's, that, the voice. yeah. Well, you know, she's the, the voice. You know the live action capture for the
1: <laughs> female lion. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well that's it uh, yeah. and, and uh, I mean speaking of um Alfrey, she's uh she keeps she's calling the, her Alfre. The Are you
1: familiar with her? Are you friends? Well, yeah, yeah. Are you buds? Oh, sorry, like the,
0: Mrs. Uh, what's her last name? I just can't remember. Woodard. Just, my Woodard. Woodard. Miss, Miss Woodard. Woodard.
1: Woodard. Mrs. <laughs> now you're marry? too formal. What's going she on? Got kids.
0: Um, but then she's she's the inspiration for one of the the, the greatest lines in the movie when uh, you know she's got to go, and Frank is you know wants to work late. They're joined at the hip. If you can't work late, I can't work late, and if I can't work late. I, can't work, I can't work late. I can't work late.
1: I can't work late. I feel like that's, that's
0: one of those lines which that is, I would use, but I, is, I never actually yeah. work late. So <laughs> I never have the opportunity to use
1: that <laughs> Which line. is, it feels like he's also channeling, uh, army training, <laughs> sir. It's that, it's that exhaustion yeah, that he falls back to sometimes. Yeah. It's a funny line. Uh, it is a funny line. It's
0: a Bill Murray line.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just wanted which to make sure that sure. we talked about yeah. her before we moved on.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, she she she'll be back. She's in uh, in the movie some more, but sure. she deserves to be uh, to be talked about.
1: Talked does up. she come back? As it?
0: Oh no, she's back. She's back early tomorrow. So listeners, hang on. Um, you'll get to see more of uh, Miss Woodard and um, the Solid Gold Dancers and Mary Lou Retton and Lee Major, Tiny Tim. Um. So just wrapping up the minute, and and, and one thing, or not the minute, wrapping up the. The day, the section of the movie, whatever this intro, this introductory section before we get to the ghosts and spirits and so forth. Um, you you've been talking about just Frank Cross's consistency in being a jerk when he doesn't have to be, in stealing the cab from from this old woman, mm. like, and
1: then flipping her off, which is, and yeah. then lying to her and telling her she dropped a bag. It's the it's, yeah. the, it's the it's the trifecta of being a jerk. Right.
0: Well, the, the 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 lying about the bag is just a misdirection to steal the cab, which I'm like this this guy he can't. I I don't know. I I would see him. He would have a car service, like he would have a black, you know, a, a town car or something waiting for him. He wouldn't just be hailing a
1: cab.
2: No, yeah, I kind of agree with that, especially as a as the head of a of a television and also network. his brother shouldn't
1: be able to just saunter into his office if he doesn't want him there. Although you know, uh, Alfred, Mrs. Mrs. Woodard. As we're calling her now, yeah, Grace. Grace yeah. is uh, you know, likes him, so probably like yeah, him. she does send him a VCR later. So.
0: Yes, she sends yeah. So she she lets him in because she likes him.
1: But something he else that peaked you know, would, in 1983. Would the VCR, <laughs> the high end Personal VCR you video know? recorder.
2: Dad, what's a VHS tape? That's what my son asked the oh, other day. I'm like, oh god, okay. no. Oh. Oh.
1: Gather around the fire. Son. One, I, my last my last note. It's more of a question, uh, and and I'd love to hear you guys decide what you think. And and maybe if if you want to ask other people this at some point, that's cool too. Bill Murray has a career now that is exemplary. No one can fault him for everything he does. And we all love him in whatever he does. If he's being a straight man in a movie, great. If he's being kind of funny and weird, great. It's just so much fun to have him on screen. Is there an actor either now or from another era that had this sort of career path that that you guys think of? Like someone who was Captain Jokes that moved completely away from being a jokey man, left, came back, and became a character actor and also an actor in his own right that could hold a, a movie. And 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 be you know be a lead in movies that weren't just comedies. Is there somebody that had this kind of career path? I was trying to think. I was like, I was trying to equate Ooh, it to somebody. Yeah. Well, Tom Hanks was kind of like that because he was kind of jokey all yeah.
2: the time, and yeah. now he's pretty much serious. It's, I think it's um, the it's the yeah he is he is you're right because he was he was like 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 Mr. Good Funny Guy in the early '80s, and he also did. Um, and Buddies and stuff like that. So yeah. you know.
0: I mean, yeah, even when he yeah, Bosom Buddies, but even when he made the jump to movies initially, it was stuff like Big where he Joker's was
1: volcano.
0: He was literally a yeah. kid. I mean, he was playing a you know a, a kid in a grown-up spot. Bachelor party kind yeah. of thing. Bachelor Party, exactly. Bachelor Party.
1: Yeah, and, uh I was you thinking know. I was thinking Woody Harrelson, maybe. Because I I think Tom Cr- Tom Cruise. Jesus. Tom Cruise is on my mind. Yeah. Tom <laughs> Hanks no, is your definitely is. <laughs> uh uh, one that I think of, but when I think of like character actor, I think I was trying to think of like Woody and my wife even said, what about Woody Harrelson? And I was like, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Woody Harrelson was yeah, goofball playing a dummy typecast into being dummy, yeah. a dummy on a show. And then did a few things where he was yeah. a dummy again. And then now when you hear Woody Harrelson's in a movie, don't you kind of go, I'm sold. Like when you hear that he's playing a part in a movie, you're always like, this will be great. Are
2: we talking about Venom?
1: Anything? <laughs> Venom. Uh, when he's in, uh, he's in that Three Billboards movie. Uh, I mean, there's. Yeah,
2: he's in. He was in Solo, and he was in uh, yeah. uh, War for yeah, the Planet of the great. Apes. You know. So.
1: Well, I,
0: I, you know, and I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm I'm showing up to a movie just because sure. I see Woody Harrelson on the no, poster. Yeah. But something that has been they've been replaying it recently because the new season is coming up is True Detective. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, and then also Matthew McConaughey, um, you know who's in that. I think they're both guys. Not now, Matthew wasn't playing, you know, sort of the the, the naive, less intelligent hick that, that Woody was playing on on Cheers, but certainly did a lot of lighter roles, and then has uh, has taken on some heavier stuff.
1: I think at the time in, that, in that was the, yeah, years. I think that was the 80s. Yeah. Uh, we had like a thing against accents. And people that had accents mm. had to be funny goofs. They all had to be yeah, right. uh, archetypes of things, like, oh, you know, he's the hick.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think. hick
0: or a terrorist or like right. a Russian agent.
2: Exactly. Depending
0: on the accent. But yeah. Because,
1: you know,
2: back to Tom, Tom Hanks, you know, I think that uh, Michael Keaton had the same thing, too, up yeah. until he did uh, Clean and Sober. Because he was like mm-hmm. Mr. Goofball in the 80s. And, and so much so that nobody wanted to see him as Batman. He's uh, in Batman? You know, and yeah, <laughs> yeah he is Batman, dude. Come he on. is Batman. He, he's the he, He's oh my, the Batman. There VHS is no tapes. other. I'm so far behind. You got to catch up, man. Yeah. Just, just skip the one that has 1988 in it. or
1: 89. <laughs> yeah. 89, yeah. Yeah. No VHS is in that um, movie. Yeah. Interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you when you first asked the question, the the first name that popped in my head actually someone who who did the reverse. Someone who was a serious actor for mo- most of his career and then you know, most people these days, if they remember him at all, would remember him for his comedy. Is Le- Leslie Nielsen? Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a good um, one.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I was I was watching Forbidden Planet the other day, and my Great. son came in and saw him. He's like, "Hey, isn't that that guy from from the Naked Gun?" I go, "Yeah, that is." He goes, "Is this a funny movie?" No, not at all. Go, no,
1: not really. Not <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> yeah. So, what about? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what about Alec Baldwin. He kind of went the opposite way too. He was yeah. always the straight man. He was kind and then, of. in the second he did the shadow guy, from then yeah. on, we were like, okay, he can be funny. And I mean, because yeah. now, I mean, my, people who only know him from the past 15 to 20 years would say Alec Baldwin is a comedian, like as a comedic actor. Yeah. Especially because of 30 Rock. Yeah. And, but no one um, would, no, you know, anyone right. from yeah. our age would be like, oh, no, he was in like a ton of stuff. Like, Hunt for Red October. I mean, Boss Baby. I mean, there's so many very. Boss Baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar two. I mean, come on. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he's one of those actors. I think, but he had. So, he was so prolific. I, it's hard to find like that middle ground because Bill Murray is just like he doesn't have a huge resume. Yeah,
2: but I mean, I mean, you're right. Comparing Bill Murray to somebody like like Chevy Chase, he couldn't get That's out of true. that, you know.
1: Well, but Chevy Chase you was, know, well, right. right. he was yeah. Frank Cross. Maybe yeah. that's who he's playing.
2: That might be who he's Ooh. playing. You're right. That sort of ass that, that doesn't give a shit about anybody. Sorry if I'm going too blue. Doesn't give a crap about anybody.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> I know? think if you think about it, they did work together. So maybe he's just like, hey, yeah, no, it's going to be Chevy. Chevy. He's yeah. going to draw on... Because he, he always did have a problem oh, with him, yeah. And Chevy definitely has a yeah. drawer that has a mirror in it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: You know, this like a light... Yeah, now that you say it, that seems like... I don't know if he does, but that seems like a very...
2: Chevy But yeah, now that we're saying that, you know, it does seem like he is playing Chevy in this film. Because, well, the more I see it now, as the we more as I think we go
1: along it. with the movie, we'll see if it uh, if it holds up. If that analogy we'll holds, if holds up, up. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now the 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 one actor who hasn't
0: quite made that turn yet, but I'm waiting for it, is Paul Rubens.
1: I think we're I'd close. I'd love to
0: see some. I think I'd yeah. love to see some some meaty dramatic roles. Well, to right, right to now display, they're talking about I bringing back Pee
1: Wee's Big Event, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse.
2: Pee-wee's As players. a show, yeah.
1: so I think yeah. if he gets back in the public eye again, I think he could do a a, a straight because
2: one. he has done he has done some good serious work on and little
1: little roles here and he's there. Awesome I think, in you know? Matilda, I mean, he was
0: great in uh, Buffy the yeah. Vampire Slayer. But that's like yeah, a
1: comedic role where he's like somebody like he was a character. He was also Matilda. My 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 ten year old watches that movie all the time, and he's just there's nothing really funny about him. Yeah, he's just being right. a straight man.
0: Well, that, speaking of the Batman, he was uh, in Batman Returns.
2: Yeah, he was. He was. He was yeah. uh, Oswald Cobblepot's father.
0: Park, yeah, good stuff. Uh, so, so back to the Scrooged, and uh, and Bill Murray as someone whose whose career kind of followed a, a very Bill Murray path. So we see him. He he. You know, all right. Let's say he didn't think ahead to arrange for the car service, and it's rush hour in Manhattan, so he needs to steal the cab. But the the finger after he's already inside and he's he's closed the door that's just yeah not not necessary and then we see him accepting is it a humanitarian it award? Is. yeah humanitarian, yeah, humanitarian, humanitarian award humanitarian. Yeah. and you know the, the thing they say about sincerity if you can fake that you've got it made accepting this humanitarian of the year award and we know i mean it's it's we're 16 17 minutes Who into the movie Who give this to him he's and a we jerk to
1: am. everyone yes and he he doesn't hide it. Yeah, he's not like he's it, had, not it's, like it's, when he's with Preston, he's still a jerk even around Preston. He just doesn't make fun of Preston, his boss. You know what I mean? But right. so if he's around anybody else who is he he believes to be his inferior, he's going to be awful. Yeah. Or I mean the, the
0: the one time we see it is when Loudermilk speaks up after that meeting and says, "You know, I think that that spot's a little too much." And he kind of, oh, thank you for your input. I'll think about it. And, and then he fires them. Um, but previously, we you know, he he says out loud to a room full of, I guess, his fellow executives or his employees, if he's able to, to fire them. But he says out loud, now I have to kill you all. <laughs> like, that's not something humanitarian says to a room full of people. It's my Gone kind of joke. say that all yeah. the time. What are you talking about? Now yep. I have to kill you all. Yeah. So, and it's, in yeah. But he is... He's he's faking it for the moment, at least that he that this means something to him, and then we immediately see in the cab afterwards he's left it in the back seat. So he he doesn't care. He's not a humanitarian. They've been fooled. I don't know if he wrote a check. You know, he, he felt that would charitable. help his career. He, from yeah. what we know of Frank, but he's not. Yeah, I
1: mean, this is also inferring stuff from later. In the movie, but we know he's not a nice—he's not a nice guy in all facets of his life right. now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, and that so it's another an, another departure, and this is so this is not the most faithful of Christmas Carol adaptions. I, I think uh, I don't think I'll get too much argument on that, um, and this is a, just another demonstration where in the original Scrooge was not—you um, know—was not even faking being nice to, the you know, anyone at all, let alone the poor or the needy. He was saying, you know, are there no poor houses? Are there, you know, the workhouses? Are there, you know, ditches that we can dig and throw these people into? Um, he was not pretending to be nice in the way that, that Frank seems to be able to do for at least a few seconds of the movie.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then uh, that brings us about to the end, uh, you know, the end of this, End of this day, we see we get a little shot of poor Elliot Loudermilk. Um, I, I my impression here at this point, he has not yet gone. Oh, no, home. he says he
1: has to talk to his wife. No, he's yeah.
0: He, yeah, he just uh, he can't bring himself to do it. He's standing on the street corner, he's drinking out of a bottle in a bag. And I don't know if this is this is true at one point. Um, uh, well, one, if, if you're a cop in New York, in New York City you've got bigger things, more important things to do. In 1980s New York, drinking.
1: Yeah. you're not worried about some guy yeah. who looks relatively well-dressed with a bag of booze. But I, I, and
0: I, I don't know if this was, a, a, you know, official law or just unofficial, whatever, but basically, yeah, a bag did it. Like, like, this is not New Orleans, where you can go to a bar and get a to-go cup to walk to the next bar. At least by the letter of the law, public drinking was not allowed. But if you put it in a paper yeah. bag... Everything it's oh crack pipe? Oh no, it's in a bag. I'm good. You know, you <laughs> stick it in a paper bag and and, and and suddenly it's it's okay. It's it's you know, and we're at a the loop beginning ball. of Bob so voice
1: <laughs> starting back again. Now he's upset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazed. So he's gonna have another crazy voice. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and things are going downhill. And there's there's so and there is one of the things that this movie does well that movies don't always do is provide a well-fashioned character arc for a relatively minor character. So Loudermilk is going to go on his own personal journey throughout mm-hmm. the course of this movie, and he's going to end up a few days from now, a few episodes from now, in a much different place than he than he starts out with. And, and they build, they earn it. They show the progression of he gets fired, and then it just happens to be... Um, just happens to be Frank Cross's cab that that splashes the water that gets his bag wet, so the you know the, the booze that fall, falls out. So he he can't even get drunk right. This poor man. So we see his slow descent into uh, into stuff that we'll see later.
1: Yeah, poor poor Elliot. Yeah. Poor Elliot. Poor Elliot.
0: So uh, yeah, so that kind of brings us to the end of uh, of our episode. We, we did, did. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, so, any, anything else, uh, gentlemen, Jonathan, Christopher, anything you want to add about, um, about Scrooge, about Bobcat, <laughs> Alfrey, any of our friends?
1: Bill, well, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes because uh, we've yeah. come up with some some interesting and viable uh, information tonight that I didn't know even coming into this. So, I can't wait to hear yeah, the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I learned too. a lot. I hope the listeners did as well. Me too. Um, I'm certainly
0: making a note of that the Chevy Chase theory. Yeah. That's uh, Bill Murray's playing Chevy Chase throughout this movie. Uh, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up doors and, and windows and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if, if our listeners want to hear more from you, which I'm sure they will do because you guys have been much better than I have, much more interesting and insightful. So, uh, yeah, folks want to hear more from
1: Jonathan Howell and Christopher Ramirez. Where can they do that? You can find us on the Internet at... MinuteImpossible.com. We do a podcast called Minute Impossible. We have broken down the first Mission Impossible movie one minute at a time. There's 110 episodes of that first series. We also uh, talked about Fallout when it came out. We were lucky enough. We have actual movies still coming out in our series. Yeah. And, yeah. and we are halfway through. Well, not halfway. We were one-third through uh, production on season two, which is Mission Impossible 2, the John Woo movie. Much different tone, right? Yes, much different tone. And uh, come listen to us. We talk about everything. We uh, we're we have some of your favorite guests on. Some of them will probably be guests on this podcast. We uh, we laugh a lot. We do funny voices. Mm We talk about Mission Impossible. We talk about Fast and Furious a lot. A lot. Like a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, come uh, come listen to us uh, on any of your podcasts. Just look up Minute Impossible. Or uh, find us on Twitter at Min Impossible. M-I-N Impossible. Yeah,
0: Minute Impossible. I'm a fan. It's, it's a great show. I suggest folks check it out. And uh, one place you can find that, if you go to moviesbyminutes.com. And search for "Minute Impossible." You'll you'll find them, and you'll find lots of other folks that are watching movies—not uh, one ghost at a time, but but one minute at a time. Um, and if if you wanna, you know, let us know what you think. Um, you know, what are your favorite Alfred Woodard movies, or or what, what's your history with Bobcat Goldthwait? Um, you can join the conversation on uh, the Facebook, our Facebook group, which is the Jelly of the Month Club. Um, mm-hmm. That's a holdover from uh, last year. We covered. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, one day at a time, and uh, yeah, we decided to not change the name of the group. So on Facebook, <laughs> we're the Jelly of the Month Club. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter, where it's NLC Vacation Days, and uh, you can find us on the web at GroundhogMinute.com. And uh, apologies to Pete Mummert. We ran out of time for this episode, but we'll be sure to get to that uh, that special greeting next time. So, uh, so come on back for the next spirit of Scrooged by the Ghost.